You have just made the best decision of your day by choosing to listen to the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered Podcast with me, Leslie Rubinoff, the OG Holistic Bitch. You're guaranteed to laugh, have a what the fuck moment, and truly be inspired to change small things in your life that will have you reaping the rewards of living a truly holistic life, mind, body, and soul. Welcome back to the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered Podcast with your host, Leslie Rubinoff, the OG Holistic Bitch. And today we have probably one of my favorite humans ever to join us. We have Mr. Bryce Wild, who is literally a genius in my opinion, and he's a leading expert and clinician specializing in integrative and functional medicine, homeopathy, nutrition, and custom supplementation. Practicing at P3 Health in Toronto, he blends the latest in science and technology with traditional and ancient remedies. Bryce is also co-founder of Utrients, a company that tests DNA in a meaningful way to understand an individual's genes in order to custom compound a true personalized approach to supplementation, as well as my my immunity, a made-to-order custom supplement product for empowering your immune system. Bryce is the author of four national bestseller books, previous host of CTV's Wild on Health, and regular guest health expert and medical advisor on the Dr. Oz Show. Welcome to the podcast, Bryce. Hey, thanks for the bio, and I appreciate the kind words. Most of that's entirely untrue. But by the way, you love, you, did you like my, uh, my, my, I had to, none of the listeners will obviously see this. It's uh, for our viewing only, but I signed in as Bryce Bitch. I am so excited to be a holistic <laughs> bitch. What do I owe the honor? <laughs> and where did the name come from for this podcast? It's me. I'm the OG holistic bitch and I'm such a bitch. So I just feel like, felt like it was just so well suited as the title. And I'm so honored that you're a holistic bitch today, but really you're a holistic bitch every day. That, that, no, it's definitely part of my vernacular now. I mean, you use it from now on. Um, <laughs> I might even start a podcast, The Holistic Bastard, and then, you know, and then we can you know, duel off or something. I don't know what's happening right now. But this, and I, by the way, your, 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 listeners, your listeners also can't see this, but uh, in some earlier discourse, um, uh, you know, I have this, this uh, poor boy or AKA newspaper boy hat collection. And I, I told you to choose, and you did. And you don't know, but it's super relevant, your choice. I'm not sure if purple is your favorite color, but I'll tell you something. <clears throat> As it pertains to our topic of discussion today, being that it's immunity-related, turns out purple is actually the most important color uh, within the selection of fruits and vegetables that we should be eating every day for a healthy immune system. I don't know if you knew and that, are- but it was just like some weird uh, subconscious choice of color. So now you have to tell us, is purple your favorite? Purple is my favorite. It is. And the phytonutrients in all purple foods are definitely stellar. So it makes sense. And the holistic bitches colors are purple. So pigmentation, you know, it's actually the purple varietal, uh, again, fruits and vegetables, primarily berries that increase this anthocyanin or pigment that ultimately our eyes see as purple. Um, so as to defend against uh, their predators and or consumers. So grapes, for example, they upregulate <clears throat> resveratrol and some of these other antioxidants uh, so as to defend themselves against molds and funguses and, uh, you know, uh, vermin and other things that might eat them. So uh, we can do well with those. Uh, and we should be eating the whole rainbow, obviously, of fruits and vegetables every day. Uh, but purple turns out to be the most important as it relates to the immunity. Uh, specifically, I'm, again, I'm those proanthocyanins. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, you're the host, so I'm not sure why I'm ten times. Right. Right. And and I and I and I and I'll tell you, um, I think that we need to be, be better at auditing our fridges. I think we'd actually hand off that little assignment to young ones if you've got them. Um, they love that. Hey, mom, dad, we're out of purple. I mean, if that's the case, and then you take them shopping in the places in your grocer that they should be, which is, you know, we've all heard this rhetoric around the aisles, the outside aisles, uh, starting with fruit, like load your cart up with fruits and vegetables to begin. And there's a lot less, you know, left over for the processed stuff. But, you know, get your kids to audit the rainbow. It should be every single color, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and most importantly, purple. Actually, I'd say green is up there as well. But if the kids find that one of those colors are either coming, like they're getting low, who cares? Here's what they choose, uh, again, so long as the, the colors are in there. And by the way, the government's recommending, you know, seven to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables every day where a serving is a half a cup. You know this. But if your listeners don't already, um, we should probably be doubling down on that. Same way with exercise. They're saying a half an hour a day. No, it should be probably an hour to an hour and a half a day. So double or triple down on what the uh, government's recommendations are. and You'll probably be that much healthier. Amen. Amen. So, Bryce, let's 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 break this down. What's the immune system? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> go figure. There's so much about the human body, physiology, anatomy, genetics, cellular biochemistry that we still don't know yet. The immune system is one of those systems that, you know, is, it really <clears throat> continues to evade us in its entirety. Uh, here's what we know. Um, we know that it's everywhere. It has to be. I mean, if it was only in certain corners of the body and not others, uh, you know, then they'd be, those areas would be, you know, uh, highly at risk for infection uh, and other things. So the immune system is what defends us against our, uh, you know, external environment. And it's evolved for as many hundreds of millions of years as we have from singular, you know, celled organisms to present day. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, we're born with one. Um, there's two parts to it. If you want to break it down, um, you know, this is the uh, the innate or something you're born with as soon as you uh, exit your mom's uh, womb. And then there's something called the adaptive or learned. Uh, that's, you know, it, it, it is what it sounds like. You have to, it has to learn over time. Um, so you're born with uh, a part of your immune system that can defend against all invaders, be it them viral, bacterial, you know, fungal, um, helminthic or parasitic. <clears throat> but it's, it's kind of a dumb part of our immune system, this innate Um you know, people may have heard of natural killer cells or phagocytes. So they're kind of unbiased. Whatever enters the system that seems foreign, they attack. Um, and that actually buys us a lot of time. Um, in some cases, you know, a week when it comes to the common cold or flu to adapt uh, and learn um, that this foreign invader is actually dangerous. So that if we see the exact same one in the future, we've now developed memory cells. And this has everything to do with, we hear more in the news actually as it relates to this pandemic, uh, antigens and antibodies and antigen presenting cells and, you know, major histocompatibility, um, you know, uh, you know, all these different words we're hearing about has everything to do with, you know, primary infection, something gets into our body, and then the immune system goes to work immediately to start defending us, um, but then also starts to develop a memory. Because think about it, if we didn't have that memory, and sometimes that goes Ari, by the way, we could talk about that a little bit in context of autoimmunity, and that means your body attacking your own tissues. Um, and that's a, a mistake the body makes. But <clears throat> if you didn't have memory cells and you didn't have this adaptive part, um, you would forever and only be sick and you die very, very young. 
Um, so that's what the immune system is at large. It also resides, by the way, primarily in uh, the bones um, and uh, lymph uh, and the thymus. The thymus makes T cells, the bone marrow makes B cells, and then these go and, and then mature to become other types of cells uh, where the immune system is then, you know, engaged and becomes active to do what it needs to do against uh, these foreign invaders. So, I mean, that's a, that's a nutshell top, top line. That's that's. Bryce dumbing it down for those who don't understand. And even there, it's still complex, but that's Bryce. You'll get to know him. He's, he's very, very smart. Um, so Bryce, you said that the immune system is essentially everywhere in the body, which makes sense. But what we hear very often, or at least in the wellness community, is that anywhere from 80 to 90% of the immune system lies in the gut. True or false? Yeah, that's right. It's a little bit misunderstood. So I mentioned earlier the lymphatic system, which is, you know, um, little pockets, uh, you know, kind of, you know, immersed within and around uh, vasculature, uh, which is the, you know, blood flow to the body and then the venous system uh, recycled, you know, and, and reoxygenated or at least heading that way to the lungs to become reoxygenated. And then, you know, immersed around that is, is this lymphoid tissue. And uh, so these little pockets of uh, co- concentrated um, you know, uh, immune cells and, uh, and that the lymph system is ultimately what distributes and disperses, um, you know, these, these immune cells. <clears throat> so when there's, let's say you have a cut and, you know, and then there's foreign invaders, you know, come into that cut bacteria, um, your immune system by way of what are called cytokines, that's kind of like the alarm. these are hormones, uh, immune related hormones that ring the alarm bell. We have foreign invaders. Let's uh, send in the troops. And uh, so from the lymphoid tissue to general circulation are, you know, more of these macrophages that eat up like Pac-Man that eat up these uh, foreign invaders and develop antibodies and so forth so that we can remember them for the next time. And that was what I just described. But the, the, the gut um, has 80% of that lymph tissue where the, the, the general body-wide lymph is under your, your, your armpits called axillary or inguinal between, you know, in your crotch, um, you know, and, and some of it ultimately in your neck. When you get an infection, by the way, an upper respiratory infection, you feel your neck, often you'll have swollen lymph. That's because the lymphatic system also takes care of dead cells, you know, recirculates them through the body, manages these, you know, dead bacterial cells. So they're swollen because they're rammed full of immune cells and dead bacteria, et cetera, being processed and eliminated out of the body. But full circle to your question, 80% enraveled within your guts, uh, in the interstitial, this is kind of like the integument or the tissue that holds all of your guts, to, your intestines together. And it's called GALT <clears throat> or gut-associated lymphoid tissue. And so when we say 80% of it's in the guts, literally by volume, by mass, 80% of your lymphoid tissue is enraveled within your gut, called GALT, as I, as I just said. But the interesting thing about the GALT or the gut-associated lymphoid tissue is this direct uh, communication uh, two-way communication with what's inside your intestine. And what we find in there, the bacteria, what we call microbiome or commensal good for us, probiotics, friendly bacteria, whatever you want to call it. And in the lumen, if you can imagine, you know, kind of like a cylinder, if your intestines are like a cylinder, you've got what are these, they're called dendritic cells. They're like finger-like cells. You look at your hand and your, and your fingers are like these little projections and the palm is the cell itself. These are called dendrites, dendrite cells. These finger-like projections will have feelers in your intestines and they talk, they communicate to the bacteria there. And then they've got the other side of their dendrites or little feelers on the outside of your guts into your general circulation. So imagine, 
you've got these specialized cells called dendritic cells that are communicating with bacteria and sending off uh, cellular communications into the bloodstream. So basically, your guts, and this is beyond even immunological or, or your immune system, but your guts and the internal components of your guts, be them bacteria, good or bad, by the way, are sending signals, these cytokines, which are either pro or anti-inflammatory signals into general circulation. So how healthy your gut is, uh, is highly reflective uh, immunologically anyways, as to how healthy your general immune system is. Right. And I mean, I guess essentially my next question was going to lead into that. It was, you know, the gut's health relation to the immune system, which you kind of just spoke on. So, I mean, I think terms that people are really, you know, that are trendy are these probiotics. Um, And uh, I'd love to just have this conversation briefly because for me, I'm very iffy on the whole probiotic when there's no pre and postbiotic component to a, a a po- probiotic and then just, you know, not really understanding, you know, n- no one's gut microbiome is the same and the probiotics out there are very specific or blended together to hope to hit that type of, you know, microbiome that's happening inside the gut. So let's talk a little bit about that because I think people are interested in the whole probiotic um, space. Sure. Yeah, no, and it's very complex. First of all, I just start by saying <clears throat> there is no such thing as the best probiotic. Um, we've there's you know, scientists have studied thousands, and there are hundreds of thousands likely in the gut. Um, all there is is really what science has determined uh, a probiotic or a yeah, no, probiotics can be a very, very confusing uh, thing for a lot of folks. I'll just start by saying, you know. It's there is no best probiotic. There simply isn't, uh, you know, the best or the best brand or the best strain or species. This story is all about specifically what a probiotic might do, a strain, species, a fingerprint. We'll get to that. What it might do to confer health benefit. So scientists have studied strains that help with irritable bowel syndrome. That's a whole subset. It's a, that's really a diagnosis of exclusion, but generally speaking, some that might confer the health benefit of regularity. Okay. Not too many times a day, not too few times a day, you know, actually about 60 to 70% of the average stool, uh, in humans is made up of bacteria. And you mentioned it earlier, fiber, which accounts for the prebiotic. This is the stuff they eat and then what they produce the postbiotic. So these are all very important, but probiotics, the good bacteria. In fact, I'm very proud of a Canadian uh, um, pharmacist um, whose name eludes me at this point, but there's a URL, a website, probioticchart.ca. And it's a wonderful evidence-based, you know, uh, website where you can look up the strains and species that have been studied that are on the market, the consumer-facing brands, and see what evidence there is to back them up. And then the references are given there for these, you know, scientific and clinical evidence. But, you know, I've tested hundreds and hundreds of patients for their stool. And what I find is what is growing, what is not growing, what is potentially pathogenic, uh, that I might be able to throw a strain or species of probiotic at that pathogen so as to compete, because that's what this is all about, real estate down there. And it's, you know, we should have certain strains and species down there. You've heard of E. coli, we all have too much of that and the wrong strain of E. coli, there's many different strains, you know, into the oral cavity and into your the front section of your digestive 
digestive system, they're problems. Like that's food poisoning. <laughs> but you got to have E. coli down there later. And there's many different strains that are good, commensal, good probiotic E. coli. Um, that's not one we typically supplement with because it's usually already in abundance. But there's uh, there is others. There's you know Casey bacterium, Lactobacillus. We've heard of those. Probably Bifidobacterium. Um, you know Helvetica. By the way, there's a couple. You know that's an interesting one. Helvetica. Helvetica actually not only is helpful for the immune system, but actually has mood um, you know um, uh, benefit. Uh, you know mood. In, you know enhancing a feeling of uh, um, uh, enhanced mood you know, executive function, we term this, right? So you feel better. And, uh, and also a bacteria uh, called longum, bifidobacterium longum. Those two together have been really well studied to enhance uh, mood. Um, you may have heard of BioK, and that's used in over 80 hospitals across Canada. And it's amazing to defeat C. difficile, which kills a lot of seniors when they enter the hospital for other reasons. They end up with intestinal infections of this uh, Clostridium difficile. So BioK, which is a lactobacillus acidophilus, KC bacterium 1285, like that's the fingerprint. So there are the studies. Now, could bifidobacterium um, and, or sorry, rather uh, KC bacterium 1285 confer immune enhancing benefit? Probably, but it hasn't been studied for that. So that's what I'm trying to say about there's no specifically best probiotic. To your point, though, I actually think the story is more about the prebiotics. Um, and you're right to say, by the way, we all have different microbiomes, highly, highly influenced by mom. I mean, as we made, hopefully, most, you know, this is really the way you should come into this world is vaginal delivery. Um, and if not, that population is actually, you know, uh, one in which is by way of the immune system, a little more likely to experience atopy, which is eczema, psoriasis, you know, uh, afflictions of the skin, um, and, um, and often have asthma. So there's that whole, and, and if you're not breastfed, that's another way we get introduced to, you know, our mom's bacteria. That's where it all starts day one. Uh, in fact, here's my advice to patients that have to have a C-section. And this sounds weird or perhaps even, um, unusually, um, you know, non-hygienic, but it entirely, so if you're, if you're planning on a C-section, here's a tip. So long as you're not been given antibiotics because you've got hep B in high concentrations or colonies in your vaginal canal, you know, you take your vaginal, uh, you know, fluid dip with high, you clean your hands and, you know, you, and you, and you, and you, you put your you know, fingers intravaginally and then you smear it on your baby's newborn's eyes and mouth. I know that might to some people sound disgusting. It's entirely natural because what do you think happens when the baby makes its way down the vaginal canal? It's ingesting, you know, these bacteria and it's forming its frontline uh, defense down there. So, and then the postbiotics, you know, you talked about those. I think those are really important and they're really underappreciated. And this is what the bacteria do uh, to make um, certain things, including, you know, aspects of the B vitamin family. Um, you know, po postbiotics are, they're, they're also really poorly studied. Um, and we need to study them a little bit more depending on the strains and, and species that we're talking about. But <clears throat> folks might not know about that. The B vitamins, particularly B12, vitamin K, also things like short chain fatty acids. These are really essential to keeping a good microbiome. Glutathione, by the way, it's another one in small amounts, but nonetheless, it's manufactured as a post or what the bacteria does to confer health benefit. Um, and then there's other things like uh, antimicrobial peptides, phytoestrogens, fulvic acids, and you can take that kind of thing. I think most people would do well to take that in supplemental form as well. But the microbiome, 
Commensal bacteria, it's still an evolving story. We're still learning more and more about it. One of my, my, the favorite test that I have is <clears throat> if you're looking to, to run, if you think you've got issues related to immune system, gut dysfunction, you know, irritable bowel, even Crohn's and colitis, the pro-inflammatory and you know, inflammatory bowel disease um, you know, aspects of it, you would do well to run a, a, what's called a GI or a um, uh, Genova Diagnostics uh, GI effects test. You can, you can take a look at uh, gdx.net and uh, click on the GI effects test. And it's a very comprehensive stool assessment that looks at, you know, for 20 different commensal bacteria, what you're growing, what you're not growing, they culture it. And then if you have the pathogenic or potentially pathogenic bacteria, even parasites for that matter, it gets very specific because they've done the work for the clinician as to what would kill off these potentially pathogenic or pathogenic bacteria. So we don't guess anymore. We literally have, and if we have to go to the antibiotic short term, we do. If the natural medicine doesn't work, in many cases, it shows, let's say, garlic is better to use or uva ursi, bearberry, is better to use, for example, than an antibiotic uh, because they've done the culture. So go figure. And, and also like, just like antibiotics, probiotics, there's a lot of resistancy now because of simply not, the strains not being understood by essentially like the, the mechanism of the probiotic. Um, mm -hmm. And <clears throat> what I think is really interesting is that if people are taking probiotics, I think it's wise to make sure you're rotating them just so you're switching it up. Um, I definitely prefer a shelf stable probiotic over a um, one that has to stay in the fridge just because of the body's mechanics and how that works and the heating system in the body. But I like um, Dr. O'Hara's, um, probiotic just because it is a pre, a post and, um, uh, a probiotic and it's fermented. Um, it's a proprietary fermented food. Um, and it has all kinds of like fruits and, and, and herbs and all kinds of great stuff. And it's always kind of been my favorite, but that's to say that, yeah, for sure. You know, you got to switch them up and it's always good to do it. I think, um, Bryce, can't someone also do um, an oats test too to also get a, 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 a snapshot of what's going on as well, which is the organic acids test? Yeah, I think organic acids can be very helpful, especially to decipher, you know, where there might be gaps or glitches or blockages or backups or stagnancy in the citric acid cycle. Uh, you know, understand downstream what basically mitochondria are doing. You know, they're the cellular machinery that make energy for us, the currency of energy, of course, which is ATP. So it's really helpful to understand that. Um, I, I do an expanded oats. I, I do something, again, this is a Genova diagnostics test called the NutriVal. Um, you know, which looks at all of that plus amino acids, plus neurotransmitters, plus the chances, you know, that you might be experiencing at least top line, uh, you know, leaky gut. That's a whole other uh, story, but hyperpermeability within the gut <clears throat> often to do with uh, dysbiosis, which is the imbalance of good and bad bacteria. Um, so yeah, oats, uh, you know, that kind of testing is very helpful in a clinical sense. And then, you know, helps to, you know, gives us some ideas in, into what deficiencies there may be, uh, gut specific, but also systemically, even out of the diet. Um, you know, supplementation, and this is really my area of expertise, if I were to stay, you know, exactly in my lane, I feel people misunderstand, you know, supplements, it's still sort of, I guess, revered, in, you know, in the, I don't know, you know, it, this really stemmed from the mid 80s, 
<clears throat> early 90s where you got to take something because you're uh, deficient in it. That's true for a few things like magnesium due to soil rotation or vitamin D deficiency due to where we live north of 40 degrees. But most of the time, we're not supplementing our patients because they're deficient in something. We're, we're trying to achieve a therapeutic response from a naturally occurring ingredient that you probably couldn't eat yourself to um, you know those ranges, those dosages. Um, and, uh, that account, that's also, that's the case for probiotics. I mean, you can't eat enough, you know, kimchi or sauerkraut or, you know, yogurt or kefir to confer health benefit in certain situations. So supplementation, you know, and, and, and I agree. I mean, those, those probiotics are great. <clears throat> I just, and I, I really like your idea of, of rotating, but when you understand if there's a pathology or there's a problem and you've identified it in the gut, uh, not that you're taking this indefinitely, but when you identify what strain or species will confer specific health benefit or recovery, I typically have you know a patient stay on that for you know two to three months. But then again, you, you, these probiotics are not going to do diddly squat unless you feed them, and they eat too. And what do they eat? They eat soluble fiber, and there's a lot of fibers out there. These are the prebiotics we alluded to, right? There's a lot of soluble fiber out there, you know, like chicory root and just all kinds of stuff. And it's not the psyllium husk that you mix into water and see that goopy, gloppy mess. We're talking about stuff that disappears. It's tasteless. It's odorless, goes into water and the bacteria eat that good bacteria in your gut thrive on that. Um, and I, and there's, this is not a brand, it's an ingredient, but it's a branded ingredient, meaning that, you know, that the research is over 110 human clinical trials are behind this one as a prebiotic, but it's, it's called sun fiber, S U N fiber, and it's made of guar bean, but it's a perfect polysaccharide chain length and, you know, too big. It's like Goldilocks formula too long. Polysaccharide is a long carbohydrate chain that again, serves as food, like fertilizer to the soil, if you will, for the bacteria in your gut. But too long or too short and the bacteria, you know, basically like you eating, you know, too much fiber or the wrong kind of fiber, they create gas and a lot of negative postbiotics. So it's not just what you eat. You are what you eat, but you are what you feed your bacteria too. And uh, this perfect carbohydrate chain length, polysaccharide chain length, um, they've, you know, they've mastered, this is work done out of uh, Japan, um, company called Tayo. And I've done I do documentaries. Something else I do is sort of on the side, outside of clinical work. I go boots on the ground into the manufacturers of you know the ingredients that supply the consumer-facing brands. So I'm the ingredients guy. I'm not really. I don't care so much about the brand, although I identify brands that use the right ingredients when it's appropriate. <clears throat> but I've, I've you know among other like dozens of other documentaries I've done. This is one I've done in uh, India because that's where guar bean grows in uh, just outside of Rajasthan, north. Uh, northwest side of india um but uh yeah those are you know the, it's so important when it comes to the immune system the discussion around an optimal gut microbiome there's no question right and right let's just before we we move on i kind of want to i want people to understand what the biofilm is and i'll kind of give the latent term of it so the way that i think of the biofilm um is basically like a placenta to the microbiome and it's actually very difficult um, to break down the biofilm in order to get to the microbiomes. And I love the use of a castor oil pack, which um, can really break down the biofilm. How, how do you feel about that? I think it's a great analogy. Uh, you know, biofilms are everywhere because uh, microbiomes are everywhere, whether it's in your, you know, ears, anus, you know, gut, vaginal canal, oral, you know, you know, in your mouth, uh, in your eyes, you know, around your eyes. So <clears throat> basically these are, you know, think of the, the, I love the idea and the analogy of placenta, but they're kind of like these, um, 
you know, microorganisms that grow on all kinds of different, you know, surfaces and they, and they in fact grow on surfaces of other bacteria. So, um, bi- biofilm is, is basically a protective sheath, if you will, that the bacteria can establish, uh, around itself so as to protect against its own foreign, uh, invaders. So it's like a bacterial immunity or it's, its own sort of, uh, rain jacket. We, we, one of the hardest things to do is manage the bacteria or sort of the, um, biofilm of a bacterium spirochete, uh, known as uh, Lyme or Lyme disease known as, uh, uh Borrelia burgdi. And, and this, this one here is really, really a challenge. So we got to break that down before antibiotics are even, uh, helpful. And, um, that's a, that's a challenge. It's a challenge more, you know, with that than any other bacteria that I'm aware of. Um, you know, common bacteria, uh, and the commensal bacteria, not so, you don't want to manage those anyway, but, um, Clostridium difficile, they do that as well. They make a biofilm, uh, a number of other things. And, and, there, you know, there, there are certain natural and as well, non, you know, you know, non-natural or pharmaceutical, uh, ways to deal with biofilm, um, they're, you know, these, I, I'm not sure if you're talking generally or specific to any, you know, um, type of bacteria, but I like, um, uh, there's a, now we're getting into brands by the way. Um, but I like, um, this, the product by Vita aid called biofilm X. Um, mm-hmm. that, that seems to work pretty well in, in my clinical practice. I'm not sure if you heard of that before. Um, but that, you know, I, think, des- and, and I think design for health has one too. Yep. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're a combination approach. There's often, you know, enzymes, uh, anti-helminthic, um, you know, type herbs, you know, black walnut is, uh, is another good one. Um, you know, they're biofilm, you know, and, and by the way, um, people, you know, this might also be misunderstood as, you know, um, uh, you know, misunderstood in so far as how the immune system would ultimately work against a bacteria. Y- your immune system can't work against a bacteria that's cloaked in this sheath because it simply can't see it. So, you know, maybe I'd add to your, you know, your analogy of uh, placenta and say it's almost like a, um, you know, a placenta or a cloak that makes the bacteria invisible. So your immune system doesn't even attack to begin with, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. Well, I just wanted to put that out there. I think it's important. Okay. Let's talk about a very controversial subject, if we may. The side effects to vaccines and immune and the immune system. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, this is not a, uh, a byline, um, you know, that a lot of people throw around for me, but I'm not, you know, I'm not anti-vaccine, um, for a number of vaccines, uh, meaning I believe that there's a time and place for certain vaccines given context. So, you know, if you're, you know, you fall off, you know, your bike and, and land on a, a sharp piece of, uh, you know, wood or in the forest or something, and it's, you know, there's all kinds of uh, dirt that enters your, your body. I mean, th- that there's a risk for tetanus. I mean, if it went deep into my tissue, I'd probably have a tetanus shot or look to see if my titers were high enough that, you know, um, I don't need a booster. Um, if I'm, if I'm, you know, I'm going to be living in, um, you know, poverty struck in, you know, subsets of, uh, India, for example, I'm probably going to take a hep AB shot or at least again, check my titers to see they're high enough. <clears throat> I believe the annual cold and, or sorry, the annual flu shot is a bunch of crap. 
um, to be honest. And, and that's just based on its inefficacy. It's like it's been deemed year over year just to simply not work. Unless, of course, you're extremely immune compromised and, you know, you want to get, you know, some advantage, you know, and, and you're really at the point of if you get a flu, you're going to die. But there's other things you can do naturally to enhance immune uh, status. If we're talking about the current um, COVID vaccine, I mean, you and I both agree on this, not even a vaccine. It's uh, information delivery, and it's still too, you know, still premature. As many as as how, however many millions and millions of doses have been delivered around the world, it's still a massive experiment. So I'm like, I'm not really in the middle. I wouldn't say I'm in the middle or on the fence. There are some vaccines that I believe are useful. Um, polio, when it was around, we no longer have, you know, polio. It was it was eradicated. <clears throat> but you know, there are certain vaccines I just don't see usefulness and or see potential, you know, uh, increased harm. This one thing that really gets my, on my nerves more than anything within this vaccine discussion is underreporting. Even now, I mean, I've had a few, uh, two, I'm going to be specific. I've had two patients that have had Guillain-Barre response or syndrome to the uh, COVID-19 vaccine, two different types, two different vaccines, by the way. Um, and uh, both females, mid forties, and they didn't report it. And I got really upset. Why aren't you reporting this? It's not laziness. It's almost shame. It's like this was this happened to me, and it shouldn't have. Well, no, it's happening to a lot of people. But I don't care if it's a, you know, chickenpox vaccine, or it's a flu shot, annual flu shot, or it's the you know Moderna mRNA shot. You got to report negative events. Otherwise, how does that inform medicine to understand what is or what is not, um, you know, happening? So that's really what gets my goat in terms of vaccines. And I think there are ways in which to prepare. If you're, if you're up for due for a vaccine that is sensible or, you know, makes sense and you've talked to your doctor about it, and I'm not talking about the COVID vaccines. I'm talking about, you know, general, you know, <clears throat> um, you know, travel related vaccines, for example, there are ways in which to enhance your immune system for better uptake. You know, going back right back to the beginning of our conversation, um, the immune system front end or the you know, what you get into this, what come into this world with the innate, and then there's the adaptive vaccines are trying to emulate the adaptive. So giving information, usually a deadened or attenuated virus or bacteria that it's like presenting literally on a silver platter to the immune system and say, you know, here, here's all the stuff you need, start to develop those memory cells. So that the next time you see this agent, uh, you won't, you, you may not have any symptoms or at least very mild ones. You'll deal with it very quickly. Right, so that that's that's a vaccine in its truest sense. But this bullshit, this this COVID crap, this is not a vaccine. This is presenting genetic information to cells so that they replicate essentially, you know, these pieces of we have come to learn a spike protein that present on the, uh, um, you know, the uh, SARS-CoV cells, and we're supposed to be replicating those so that the immune system then develops antigens or antibodies rather to those spike proteins. Um, and this, we could go down a rabbit hole here, probably don't want to, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's just, you know, I'll end it there by saying these aren't vaccines and we don't necessarily, no, we don't actually, we, we necessarily do not know how these are working or will have, you know, safety efficacy in the long term. And it's not approved either. Not that approval makes it any better, but also just on your, your point of reporting, Bryce, if you do go into the CDC website. Um, they do make it tricky to find, but I think about three weeks ago, I looked at some of the reporting and there were over 250,000 severe adverse reactions, including death to specifically this vaccine. So it is yeah, there. It's they do make it tricky. Yeah. 
exactly. no, no, it's and it's reported, but those numbers are way too low. And there's also numbers yeah. starting to surface where you know a huge chunk. Also, the CDC reported a huge chunk. I also believe this was like three weeks ago, so now it's there. A huge chunk of of uh, per, a huge percent, especially in the U.S. Of cases, quote unquote, because this is really what it is—more of a case demic than a pandemic. It's just a lot of cases. Many of them are false positive through stupid PCR testing, but more than that, many just literally outright false, um, you know, diagnoses, and therefore false cause of death, and therefore misreporting numbers of actual deaths from COVID. <clears throat> Something's happening. I'm not. Dis- I'm not. I'm not a conspiracy theorist to believe that this is not you know, a new novel virus that's occurring because you just got to look at simple year over year deaths. I don't know how many of those deaths are novel due to the impact of coronavirus, meaning, you know, suicides and, you know, mental health issues and people expiring earlier because of, you know, you know, complications or comorbidities and, you know, know, look, even just the, we've heard of the COVID-15 and then, you know, the COVID-20, those are pounds reflected of pounds you gain because of sedentariness or lockdowns and all this crap or eating poorly. Like, you know, obesity, which has been dubbed, you know, a, a, a comorbidity, um, diabetes, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and heart disease, these three big ones, they're not comorbidities they're, or incidental or any of that stuff. They are the true pandemic. They, they together and separately are what literally create predisposition to this and any other virus. Yeah, of course. And we know that and we see that, but it's again, underreported and not talked about. And, you know, instead of, you know, telling people to wear a mask and to social distance, why aren't they sharing? How do we boost our immune system? How do we make ourselves healthier? Why aren't you telling people to exercise and to get more sleep and to get some vitamin D? Right. Oh, it's just the most ridiculous. Well, again, like if you just look at pounds and specifically fat pounds, I'm not talking about somebody who's had the personal incentive to get fitter and they've gained muscle mass. I'm talking about fat, just gaining 15 fat pounds increases your risk somewhere in the range of 20 to 30% of having complications from this or any other infection, literally, because, you know, weight, belly weight, belly fat and fat that's incidental beyond, you know, necessary percent you should hold deduced for, you know, by a bioimpedance analysis or another metric that's accurate, you know, is pro-inflammatory. It tells the immune system to, you know, hyperactivate, you know, when it doesn't need to. And so, so yeah, you're right. And and by the way, that's exactly why, you know, but a year ago, and it wasn't just, you know, COVID induced or because, you know, immunity is an evergreen topic. It's never going to go away. But I started this company called My Immunity which you said at the top in my bio, like my immunity, there's no I there, by the way, it's just M-Y-M-M-U-N-I-T-Y, my immunity, which which is a personalized direct-to-consumer made-to-order supplements. You answer a questionnaire, which is, you know, borrowed from my 20 plus years in clinical uh, practice and, uh, and also the University of Utrecht in the Netherlands and some other online questionnaires specifically asking patients, you know, about their immune systems and how they respond to infection, et cetera. And then the algorithm I build matches ingredients best in class um, at therapeutic range because you're also asked for your body weight, your height, your weight, <clears throat> your type. Because why the hell would you, Leslie, why would you get the same dose as me <laughs> or why would a 120 pound female get the same dose as a 250 pound man? So we cracked the code on all that and customized it. And, and ultimately also, you know, we lend, we, we, um, we lend a lot of autonomy uh, to the consumer because we think consumers are smart. And so we, we've got all the monographs, all the write-ups on what all these ingredients uh, are. But at the end of your questionnaire, if you see your proposed custom formula and, you know, it's got the base, um, <clears throat> which is largely, 
um, you know, uh, evidenced by what Dr. Paul Merrick and uh, his group is doing in Eastern Virginia Medical School um, as it pertains to a protocol called eye mask, which is ivermectin, and not the mask you wear, but use of ivermectin, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, quercetin, melatonin. <clears throat> so we saw all this research coming down the pipe about a year ago, emulated that. So that's in everyone's base. But let's just say this questionnaire deduced that you would do well from echinacea and garlic. Uh, so on top of the base formula, those two go in for you. And you're like, you know what? I, I currently take uh, astragalus and I like astragalus. Well, go ahead and put it in. So that's what we did. We have this very, you know, you can manipulate your formula to a degree. We give you what we think you should have. But if you already take a few things, put them in. Uh, if you don't want something in your formula, um, because maybe in the past it didn't agree with you, take it out. But it's this uh, customizable formula that we believe through consolidation of all these ingredients. Not only they're proven, evidence-based safety, efficacy is all there. Um, but uh, evidence now is that these base ingredients, they're actually going to prevent and or manage COVID and other uh, viruses and bacteria. Love it. And it's true. And, you know, Bryce and I have had a few conversations and, and we don't necessarily agree on everything, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to look into his, his, his line and, and get something formulated for myself. But I like the fact that you just said, if there's something you don't like, you can take it out. Um, and, and, and that to me is, is a testament of quality right there because, some people want different things and some people aren't comfortable with certain things. And I, I like that it is customizable and that your company is there to, to do that for people. So that's great. And maybe Bryce will give us um, a discount code for, for the listeners of this podcast and we'll put it in the show notes a little bit later. Um, I can't wait to make this discount code. You know, it's going to be <laughs> holistic bitches, bitches 30, 30% off. That's what your bitches get. Holistic Woo! bitches thirty. There it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna have my group put that in. And you're an, you're an ingredient expert like me. And and to yeah. and to your point, if somebody doesn't really know and they're not currently supplementing, you know what? Trust us when we say what we present based on the algorithm out of the questionnaire is perfect for you. you Want to learn more? Monographs are all there. But for somebody like you and your listeners, many of your listeners who are already taking a number of things, you know, and and the beauty is consolidation at the best you know ingredient quality. Uh, you're probably in most cases also going to be saving a whack of dough instead of taking 15 different bottles of stuff. Sure. It's, you know, it's all in a single formula, not a single tablet. That would be impossible. But th by the way, this is something else you would appreciate very much. We are so proud of our free from list, right? So the free from list is the clean label you know, aspect. There is zero binders, fillers. There's no flow agents. There's, there's, there's no preservatives. There's nothing, nothing other than a vegan gel cap. And the ingredients inside. That's it. There's nothing, nothing else except the ingredients. And that's just because we can we can do that because we uh, we manufacture these through compounding. Pharma, like a pharmaceutical compounding facility blends the ingredients specific to you at the right dose for you, and zero else is added. You know the volume by weight of most tablets and supplements on the market are thirty percent additional ingredients, non medicinal sure. flow agent. It's it's only to make it so that the machines can press these things and pu push these things through at a faster rate to you know to pad the bottom line of the manufacturer. It's not it's not for health reasons. You know they could do what we do, but they don't because they can't get as many manufacturing in a, in a day to be as profitable as they can be. So that's it. And you know a lot of these depress the immune system, believe it or not, and gum up the pipes in the, uh, in the gut, you know, to, to offend the microbiome. It's crazy. And that, that was actually going to lead me, Bryce, right into, um, 
the next question. I kind of want to talk about, you know, the food's responsibility for the immune system. You know, how does food fuel or destroy the immune system? I want to talk about sugar's impact on the immune system and how that knocks it down. Um, that's kind of what I want to, 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 to go into right now, if you can take us there, I know you can. Um, sure. And then also want to look at, you know, adrenal and cortisol levels in relation to the immune system. So I just gave you a mouthful of a bunch of things and I know you got a memory like an elephant, so you can do this. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. No. So listen, so we talked a little bit about food and a rainbow of uh, fruits and vegetables. I think we all have to start there. There is some evidence to suggest though, you know, over consuming certain vegetables um, and specifically nuts and, or sorry, uh, grains and seeds, um, <clears throat> not so much nuts, um, you know, can, can contribute to high lectin, um, and or phytic acid, you know, furans, you know, it, it can, it can, it can basically kind of mess around with the immune system we described earlier, uh, as it pertains to the GALT or the gut associated lymphoid tissue and directly through the microbiome. So causing this, you know, uh, at the cellular level anyways, inflammation that, uh, splits the cells, the villi, which the, absorption cells in your gut, if you will. They absorb micronutrients and macronutrients in the first segment of your intestine called the duodenum. So at that area in particular, if inflammation is high from too much consumption, so what is too much? We'll talk about that. Um, then, you you know, some people might actually develop, uh, you know, a higher circulating zonulin, which is testable. Zonulin is this uh, gatekeeper, if you will, protein that holds the uh, villi or microvilli rather uh, cells tightly together. So if you have, uh, you know, this high in your blood, so it's zonulin, Z-O-N-U-L-I-N, then you're, uh, you're probably experiencing uh, hyperpermeability or leaky gut. And why that's important to the immune system is because if you've got these, you know, lectins, gluten, by the way, is one form of lectin. There's many others. Um, but if these are circulating, they're causing, you know, your immune system to say, oh, what the hell is that thing floating around? You know, it, it kind of looks like the exterior of a bacteria or virus. I'm just going to attack it in case. Uh, and then you have weird things happen. For example, if gluten is a problem for you, and this is, you know, uh, part, part, part and parcel to, you know, hyperpermeability, um, the gluten molecule looks almost identical to your thyroid tissue. So now your body might actually start to activate a campaign against your thyroid. So all kinds of weird kind of autoimmunity sort of, you know, you against your own tissue scenarios can, can start to happen. Uh, you know, TH1, it's called TH2, you know, imbalance. This is, uh, you know, two different parts of the immune system. Um, won't get into the details of that, but essentially, you know, gut dysfunction leads to, as we alluded to earlier, immune dysfunction. So um, I believe in the paleo diet, or at least, you know, paleo-esque, if you will, <clears throat> like our ancestors ate, um, as our body seemed to have evolved for many hundreds of millions of years, not to how it's evolved over the last, you know, perhaps uh, 20, 30,000. And so what our ancestors ate, and contrary to a lot of, you know, miss, uh, you know, popular belief, but it's misinformation. <laughs> it wasn't red meat three times a day. Uh, there is something called the carnivore diet, by the way, and that might be right for some people to heal their gut in the short term, but I don't believe it's meant for long-term at all. So paleo is, you know, primarily fruits and vegetables that we've been eating for, you know, forever. Those are primarily berries and tubers that we can find, not necessarily, you know, rows and rows of lettuce leaves and spinach, again, high phytic acid and, you know, and, um, you know, carrots, you know, these are not necessarily what our ancestors ate, um, you know, and, and potatoes and things. So what they ate were, again, these berries and they would forage for uh, tubers and uh, a lot of seeds, 
you know, nuts, some, you know, low hanging fruit, depending on the region that you might, <clears throat> you know, be foraging, hunting and gathering in. Uh, and then occasionally meat when you were lucky enough to, uh, hunt and get a kill. Um, and I believe wholeheartedly as well, you combine that with intermittent fasting. That's much more about what you don't eat <laughs> for that window, uh, than what you do. And I think the science is really <clears throat> pretty, pretty, um, substantial when it comes to an eight hour feeding window, uh, essentially of what a paleo uh, diet consists of. And then the remaining time, the 16 hours that remain in that window, you're not eating. That allows for something called autophagy. And um, that is basically our dead or senescent cells or on their way to becoming senescent or dead, um, you know, allows them to simply give up and die off. We need that turnover, especially as it relates to the immune system cells. Um, and even the gut villi cells, you know, uh, if you're constantly eating, the turnover in the gut is not appropriate either. Constantly feeding those gut cells. And so you kind of, you remain, if you don't have this sort of fasting uh, window, you don't give your body those three or four hours uh, that it really needs to slough and get rid of all kinds of uh, cells that are kind of no longer working as efficiently as they should. So that, that would be my recommendation. A lot more of the purple uh, variety when it comes to um, you know, fruits and vegetables, the whole rainbow paleo style, uh, and in a form that you're following a, uh, 16 hour fast and an eight hour feeding window. Um, and then, you know, and to get even more specific for some folks to have a bioimpedance analysis, that is to put these EKG leads on your wrist and your ankle. And there's a signal that's sent through your body. It's pretty easy to find at, you know, physio offices, chiros, nutritionists, you know, you know, they, most of these people have these machines <clears throat> and, um, you can deduce pretty specifically what your BMR is not your BMI. That's obsolete and it should be abolished, but and so BMI stands for basal metabolic. Yeah. So, you know, your, your, but your basal metabolic rate, um, you know, is that w which you burn your calories. I'm not about calories in and out, by the way, because we are not designed like a bomb calorie meter at all. That was how calories were invented. You throw X amount of a food into this, uh, an oven, you, you clamp it shut and you blow it up. How many kilojoules of energy is released? That's not what we do, uh, but it's approximate. If you want to really understand exactly how much you should eat during that eating window, you get a, you know, a bioimpedance analysis done. And then you look at your BMR, your basal metabolic rate. Um, or you can just do a calculator online. They're also indirect. Uh, the ones uh, online are, are 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 indirect, but they're useful. So you might be realizing that in that eating window, you're consuming, you know, four or five hundred calories extra. You know, in a week, that's going to convert into a fat pound, literally in a week, eating a couple hundred extra calories in a day. So those are my top line recommendations um, as it pertains to uh, the diet. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, of course it makes sense. But I want to, I want to, so Bryce is more paleo and I'm more plant-based. And again, we're allowed to have difference in opinions and, and, and you know, teach differently. And I, I respect that, but they're, they're almost similar and just without the animal proteins yeah. there. But um, Bryce, can you specifically talk on the impact of sugar per teaspoon suppressing the immune system? Yeah. So what's irrefutable about refined uh, carbohydrates, whether it's like granular sugar from sugarcane or it's uh, flour, you know, whether that's uh, whole grain flour or not pulverized, when you take the sheath away from a grain, um, and ultimately, you know, that's a fiber, by the way, you take that essentially out and then you pulverize the crap out of that particular grain so that the surface area of what remains 
is significantly increased. Um, your body has immediate access to it, or at least the calories packed within it. Um, and of course, many of these uh, powders and flowers are not just pulverized, but bleached. And therefore, a lot of the micronutrients are you know, taken out. Not only that, then the soil they were grown in originally didn't really contain them in the first place. You're essentially putting into yourself sugar. So whether it's sugar, sugar, or it's refined flour, cakes, cookies, you know, pasta, breads, donuts, whatever. It's all the same crap. What we know about that is it actually spikes, um, among other cytokines that are pro-inflammatory, specifically interleukin-6. When you remain dominant, interleukin-6 upregulation is dominant. That, that now begets that whole TH1, TH2 imbalance. And um, you're essentially become more prone to infection. <laughs> That's basically at the end of the day. You don't, you know, cytokines and inflammation, just like stress, not all of it is bad. It's the Goldilocks formula. And I'm not suggesting that you should ever have a moderate amount or a balanced amount of sugar refined carbs. There's sugar in almost everything, you know, in, in including obviously fruits and vegetables, but it's in a, you know, it's in a trapped format. It's slow released. It, it's, it's accompanied by other micronutrients that help to balance blood sugar. If there's one test, by the way, we've learned in sort of aging, you know, aging medicine circles or anti-aging, don't love the term, but nonetheless, aging healthfully circles is uh, glycosylated hemoglobin. This is sugar. You need a certain amount, obviously your brain, you know, thrives on sugar and other, you need a certain amount of, you know, you know, you know, glycolysis happening in your body in order to be alive, to convert into ATP. But, um, A1C or glycosylated hemoglobin is something you should do, you know, probably every three to six months. And it's looking at, you know, how your body's managing sugar over time. Uh, here in Canada, the numbers should actually be 5.2 or less. Um, and with every point or decimal point, you know, from there and under, you're putting on a year on your life. That's bottom line. Anything higher than 5.5, 5.6, then you run the risk of uh, pre-diabetes, diabetes. You know, anything north of six is provisional, you uh, diabetes, um, diagnostic. Uh, so sugar and controlling sugar, you know, not just even dietarily, by the way, the way insulin, you know, is sensitive enough in your body to bring sugar into the cell. This is actually bottom line. If sugar doesn't get into the cell where it's needed. And then when there becomes sur surplus sugar, it floats around outside of cells. And that's ultimately where inflammation is born. So if it's in your vasculature, this story has never been about cholesterol. It's really about how cholesterol deposits itself, which is governed largely by genetics and other things like diet, but how cholesterol deposits or, you know, it's inflammation that warrants the deposition of cholesterol in the first place, something that's a very natural occurrence. But if that sugar wasn't there causing the vasculature lumen to become inflamed, cholesterol would never have a warrant to deposit itself. And that's true for, you know, every organ and every system in the body. So it screws up, you know, immune systems because it's causing the immune system to become this sort of predominantly interleukin-6 or pro-inflammatory immune state. Um, causing you to, you know, convert into, you know, fat pounds, which causes inflammation. Uh, so it's no good. I mean, we, we've known this for so long. And that diet that I was mentioning, again, whether you're more plant-based or you're or paleo, the intermittent fasting takes care of so much just by, you know, reducing your, your, your feeding window down to, if you can handle it, it's comfortable for you even down to six hours is a huge advantage. Sure. And, and you know, just to simplify it, basically, like I say, eating sugar puts your white blood cells into a coma, like into a temporary coma. And I think I'm pretty sure the number was half a teaspoon of sugar, like refined sugar, suppresses the immune system for up to six hours. So if you think about, you know, 
generally, even just the Starbucks coffee or anything that you're eating throughout the day that you probably have to feel slightly guilty about um, is a warning that like, watch what you're doing, especially now in a time where we really need our, I mean, well, we need our immune system all the time and keeping it in tip top shape is, is, is so important. Bryce, tell us a few tips to maintaining a strong immune system. And I mean, we should talk about stimulating the immune system and boosting the immune system because in my, in my view, they're very different. Yeah, I know you, you hit the nail on the head for sure. I think, um, you know, the, the, we've, we've, we've lent, you know, our vernacular or, or semantics, you, you know, it makes sense to a lot of people boost or stimulate. It's not really what we're trying to do. We're trying to modulate or balance. Most of us are out of balance. We're trying to regain that balance within our immune systems <clears throat> and energy statuses and so forth. And so there is this real teeter-totter. If any of your listeners want to look it up, this is like the whole, I alluded to it earlier, but TH1, or T helper cell one uh, and T helper cell two balance um, cellular versus humoral uh, is really what it's referred to. And that we're trying to recreate that balance. A lot of us have TH1 dominance and that lends itself to things like autoimmunity, overactive immunity. Um, yeah. Some people could, you know, seem pretty healthy. And then all of a sudden, as it pertains to this uh, COVID virus, enter this cytokine storm situation Um they weren't really healthy to begin with, but they were certainly, you know, get this TH1 dominant state. And then, you know, so, so there's this whole balance we're trying to create. And so what, you know, herbs and you know, phytonutrients and uh, lifestyle practices can we do to instigate or regain balance? That's what it's all about. Immunomodulation. And one that I believe wholeheartedly in, which is a lifestyle approach, is doing whatever you can do to induce resilience. And that really helps the immune system. Almost like a, anything you can do to reset. So you mentioned earlier, you wanted to, you know, talk a little bit more about cortisol. When cortisol is not bad, nor is you know adrenaline. But for the short term, it's, it's life saving. It's you know we've evolved for so many hundreds of millennia um, with you know the appropriate amount of early morning, early AM cortisol to get us going, and that should taper off through uh, you know throughout the day into the evening. You know where our sleep cycle starts, the circadian rhythm. Um, until the last few hundred years due to light, due to, you know, lifestyle practices and poor diet has become disrupted. That really has a negative impact on the immune system. So heightened cortisol, circadian rhythm disturbances, and a lack of resilience. And so let's come back to that. Like resilience is all about short-term stressors that push the big red reset button in your body, your vagus nerve, your nervous system, your brain, and even your immune system. So one, for example, might be, and I'm, I'm just a huge fan of this, which is why I'm leading with this example of um, ice uh, baths. You know, this is sort of a la Wim Hof. You know, this, uh, this is, you know, where you might get yourself hot or even not. And you dunk into a freezing cold, you know, three to four degree ice bath. Uh, for 90 seconds up to maybe three minutes. I mean, Wim set world records. <laughs> I wouldn't try this at home by a shelf, certainly, but you know, he's done it for like 60 uh, uh, 60 minutes. I don't know how he does that, but um, me neither. I can't even do uh, it yeah. for a fucking second. <laughs> so here's one way to start is uh, you develop that resilience in the shower. So you, you do contrast showers, get yourself nice and hot and you flip the dial, you know, to as cold as the pipes will bring it. And you stand in there and you start on your chest and just thump away like a, you know, like a gorilla in the forest and scream and yell, whatever you have to do. And then turn around to the back and try to get, you know, count to 60 seconds or eventually get yourself up to 60 seconds, turn it back to hot again. And the really interesting thing is that when you end on cold, cause we should, 
You end on cold. By the way, it's going to pump your lymphatic system. Talked about that and the importance of that. Only two things do it. This type of contrast uh, therapy, hot, cold, as well as exercise, moving our muscles. That squeezes because they, they don't pump themselves. The, the lymphatic system relies on you squeezing your muscles, so movement and or contraction through hot, cold. So that's so super healthy for the immune system. But this resilience you're building is your body and your brain's ability to recognize you're not in danger when it otherwise might feel like you are. And um, th- that really instigates, it's, it's called hormesis, right? A little bit of, you know, something maybe even poison. By the way, I'm so into this thing called blue scorpion venom, the active ingredient being that it's chlorotoxin. Um, Marvel Health, mrvlhealth.com, a shout out to them. You can buy blue scorpion venom serum and this chlorotoxin active ingredient, some other like amino acids and profile being that it's multiple micro uh, nutrients, micro minerals, um, helps with ionic exchange in cells and actually some literature, lots and lots of scientific literature around, and this is not what I'm talking about, but around brain cancers, tracking. This is like a tracker and a treatment, by the way. So it's this duality. It's a really unique, interesting ingredient. But that aside, how it's working for the immune system is actually it might prevent the adherence of viruses to cell to, to cell membranes. So I take that stuff every day. And that's a hormetic, you know, a hormesis means again, a little bit of stress, a little bit of a thing, like in this case, a microdose of a poison. Too much will kill you, too little won't do anything. Just like like ice bath. You know, stay in there two or three minutes. That's gonna shock my system reset. There's all this talk about stimulating the vagus nerve. That's the last thing you want to do. You actually want to hmm. just sort of induce balance or reset the vagus nerve because we're constantly in this fight or flight to your point around sort of cortisol and how we've evolved in this, you know, last few hundred years disrupting our circadian rhythm and stress being too high at night versus in the morning through this cortisol pathway. So, you, but a little bit of the stress, a little bit of that ice bath, and it's going to reset the vagus nerve, reset your system, help with your immune system, pump the lymphatics, but you stay in there for a few hours and you're dead. <laughs> so at this hormetic stress and creating resilience, that's the number one thing. If, if, you know, if you're into running and you've never run past, you know, two kilometers, exercise is an incredible hormetan. Run three or four, challenge yourself. Yeah, you're going to be sore tomorrow, lactic acid and so forth. And yeah, but that's pushing, you know, I'm not saying pushing the limits to, you know, disease. That is to say, wearing your joints down to the point, but I'm saying push yourself that little bit extra and that hormetan and or that increased resilience, that is probably the number one thing you can do uh, to support your immune system for free. Amazing. And wait, but you forgot about our favorite activity, the infrared sauna. Oh, gosh. You know, so again, that's like, again, that, that heat, you know, you're not going to. So, yeah, I don't know. I, you know. I'm not sure which one you got. I've, I've got this uh, sauna ray. What do you mean think, you don't know oh, which that's one right. I, I got? Inter- you're right. What am I talking about? You ended up getting the same one. Good for you. No, no. So like just the reason why I'm going to plug, I only plug products like you when I know there's like, specifically a reason that differentiates them. So in this case, the reason I'm mentioning Sonaray, there's a lot of infrared saunas out there, so many of which come from China. And when they come from China, not only is it unsustainable and environmental impact and blah, 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 that's all there for sure. And I'm not discounting that by saying blah, 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 but there's so many, but they, they also come prepackaged, uh, you know, with glues and adhesives and all kinds of crazy things that when you turn up the heat, you're now exposing yourself to these toxins that are depressing and suppressing your immune system. So the beautiful thing about the sauna ray is that it's super clean and it's local, um, balsam wood, you know, from North Canada. So it's super clean. Um, and the technology obviously in there, it heats you up 
Um, if anyone's sort of, you know, intolerant to higher ambient temperatures that typically come with, you know, um, you know, st- you know, uh, hot, you know, um, uh, rock saunas and or steam saunas, then this is your, tr- like, this is, I-, I couldn't have, this is my best spend dollar for dollar in 2020 ever. I use it every single day. And so by the way, detoxification, talk about a way to yeah. support the immune system, anything to, to, to enhance your own detox pathways. Uh, some of us just don't have the, you know, genetic uh, toolkit in order to do it effectively. Um, but when you can do it, and there's a, there's a product also on the market, it's an ingredient. And again, I'm the ingredient guy, not so much the brand called uh, gamma glutamyl cysteine. And we used to think that, you know, by taking glutathione, we could increase our glutathione stores in our cells to help with detox. So imperative to the immune system. Um, we can't. Actually, when you take glutathione, or even the precursors like N-acetylcysteine or, you know, alpha-lipoic acid along with a little selenium, yeah, that might help to increase extracellular glutathione, but it's not actually increasing intracellular glutathione beyond homeostasis. The only way to do that is introduce the very precursor called gamma glutamyl cysteine, then that's allowed into the cell. Because I don't care how deficient you are, you're always going to have more glutathione in your cells than you have outside. So this is just, you know, micro, this is micro, this is uh, microbiology and, and, uh, and chemistry. The gradient won't allow for that external glutathione to get in, just won't. And so when you take gamma glutamyl cysteine, it'll get into the cell and then the cell uses it immediately to make more glutathione, um, which is amazing. So all kinds of stuff are impairing our glutathione pathways or taxing them, obviously like, you know, heavy metals, um, you know, waterways are filled with them and it gets into our fish and seafood, um, dioxins and furans and, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, previous, you know, decades use of uh, pesticides like DDT and all that still exists in our, so we want to get that out of our system because ultimately it impedes our immunity. Um, even cosmetics, the least, you know, regulated thing yep. uh, on the planet, and you know about this, but your listeners should be reminded, um, cosmetic database, you can check, you know, your, your products by by brand name and or ingredients within them to determine how neurotoxic, um, you know, how potentially, you know, um, you know, the chemicals within them might be immunotoxic to you and you want to get those out. Endocrine disruptors as well. Exactly. Yeah. Hormonal disruptors. Because there's so many of those. So sweating, sweating is a fantastic way to do it, but also Bryce, coffee enemas. I mean, actually it was, I did my genetic testing with, um, uh, with you guys with nutrients And, um, you know, it came up that I was missing a copy, a gene, so to speak of one of the main, I don't know if it was the main, but part of the detoxification process. And when I spoke to, um, the geneticist and I mentioned, I do coffee enemas. He's like, that's great because of the production of L-glutathione and the S transferase of what that does and how that helps me dump and actually naturally have the body produce L-glutathione. So I love coffee enemas for that reason, actually. Yeah, yeah. Do it safely, you know, and you know, learn about how to do it. Um, and and I and I, w- I would agree with you. I I don't like conventional uh, enemas. I don't like um, you know. I, I believe that you know you get too high up with too high of a pressure. Sure. Um, you know, and then you can disrupt that microbiome that we're talking about. We want to really we hold in such high regard, and we want to support. Um, but you know, I agree with you there. I also get an I you know whether you're one copy number variation deficient, we should be getting a copy from both mom and dad. Uh, that's certainly not anywhere near as bad as if you're a null variant, meaning both copies are missing. We find that genetically a lot, and um, that'll muck people up. Like you know, so the immune system. 
topic of conversation today. You know, 80% of us walk around with titers. That means the immune has system has encountered Epstein-Barr virus, which causes mono right. or cytomegalovirus or Lyme disease. Like, you know, majority of the population walk around having had these infections. But when your copy number variation zero or null variant for glutathione as transferase, which is the gene that controls the manufacturing of glutathione in your cells, not only do you need a sonoray, not only do you need the gamma glutamylcysteine, which by the way is sold, um, uh, one of the brands, uh, consumer-facing brands is called Continual G because it's making con- you know glutathione continually f- uh, through uh, the day for you when you take it morning and evening. Um, so when you're a null variant, you are going to have problems with those infections, with all infections. These guys at, in Australia um, studied this uh, gamma glutamyl cysteine, and they have been approved for use in treating COVID. This product is because when you increase glutathione intracellularly beyond homeostasis, okay, without that supplement, it's impossible to do that. When you do that, you are you are defending yourself from ramifications or chronicities of from viruses okay from is infections it, is, it, is it a um liposomal technology or a nanotech no because even that like that that helps so liposomal or mycelation you know helps to get into the system right in these envelopes you stick it in and you know glutathione or even when you inject it but it still can't get intracellular so it's it's floating around in the serum the cell has to open up the ionic exchange to invite glutathione in and it won't do that when there's more in its cell or inside the cells than outside. It just won't. It's just like bio- biochemically impossible. So you have to introduce, which is the way they crack the code on this, you have to introduce the direct precursor because it'll see gamma glutamylcysteine, or they call it glytine for short, glytine, G-L-Y-T-E-I-N-E. You, you introduce glytine and the cell goes, oh, okay, you're not glutathione and you're something I need more of. I'm going to invite you in. And as soon as it does, it can't leave. Um, it immediately turns into glutathione. And let's not forget what the importance of glutathione is. It's to protect your mitochondria. It's, it's, an, it's a most powerful antioxidant in the body. And so when viruses and inflammation and stress- army. Yeah. So, well, so here's the, here's the deal. So when all this stuff happens with aging, with immune response, with inflammation, with cortisol and stress hormones like adrenaline, all of this stuff, the ramification, the end result is- pro-oxidation. It's free radical accumulation. I wrote my whole first book on this, the antioxidant prescription. Glutathione is the most powerful to sweep up the intracellular mess and protect the mitochondria. The mitochondria, of course, again, make ATP for us, which is the only, this is a currency of energy. This is how our bodies work. um, And our cells are fueled and our immune system is cells. They need this fuel too, just like our red blood cells would, just like our skin, you know, hair, brain, and every other cell uh, needs it. And by the way, I also feel like there's a there's too too few people talking about. You know, we talked about you know at the top or you know some part maybe ten or fifteen minutes in on this. We talked about the lymphatic system, right? And then GALT, gut associated lymphoid tissue. The conversation needs to be had a lot more around uh, brain glymphatics. So I said glymphatics with a G. So these are glial cells in the brain. They are non-thinking cells. They sweep up the mess left behind from a day of thinking and doing things. So they're toxins, 
oxidative stress, free radicals that accumulate in the brain. Your brain doesn't detox much at all during the day. It has to wait for nighttime to do it. But then your glutathione stores have to be appropriate in order to push that system along. And it's uh, you've heard of sleep hygiene. You got to get that straight. You know, comfortable room, dark, blackened blinds, whatever you can do to keep Cold. the light out. Cold, sixty-eight degrees, and all that. Right. So that is the key right there. More than anything, that cold with your head sticking out of your comfy, you know, uh, comforter. That's when glymphatics engage. And with the right amount of glutathione systemically, you're going to pull all the shit out of your brain. And now you can think better. And by the way, your brain doesn't just think for you and, you know, you know, predetermine, you know, consciousness and all these different things. It, it activates or disactivates the immune system. You don't have to think about how often you breathe or how your heart beats just the same way. You don't have to think about how you got to tell your lymphatic system to send out the troops. But the health of those lower brainstem, you know, brain organs, extremely important because they are essentially, you know, the hypothalamus and the pituitary are essentially engaging, you know, things like the thymus gland and uh, thyroid gland and all these other glandular systems highly involved in the immune system all the time. You don't have to think about it or you don't have to be aware of it, but a healthier brain through healthier glymphatics and, you know, and all everything else we've been talking about is going to mean a healthier immune system. A hundred percent. Okay, Bryce. So, Let's wrap here and let's, I mean, Bryce is, he's just brilliant and we could have you come back and do a hundred more episodes and we probably will, but where can people find you? Yeah, no, thank you. And thanks for It's been a lot of fun and I appreciate uh, you and, and what you're doing to share this information with everyone. And, and, um, I think it's a great podcast. I, um, you know, I, you know, I have a lot of places to find me. I'm going to, I'm going to throw two, if you don't mind, two places. One, first of all, is, uh, you know, my website. And, um, I think that's most important only because there's over 700,000 pages of free information. It's a wild on health. So W Y L D E that's my last name on health.com. And, um, there's also an interactions checker there and it's free and, um, you know, you can do drug herb or drug nutrient or nutrient, nutrient, anything you're taking. And you can line it all up in this draw in this uh, interactions checker and determine. And also, by the way, it's not just don't mix this with that. It's also, you know, how would a particular drug work better by including a nutrient um, in the picture? For example, if you're taking a cholesterol-lowering medication, which I have a problem with to begin with, that's a whole other podcast. But <laughs> but if you're taking that, you really absolutely need to be taking um, ubiquinol, which is the reduced form of coenzyme Q10. So it'll tell you all those things. Um, second to wild on health is my immunity. I mean, this is my baby right now. My immunity is uh, direct to consumer. So online custom formula platform, specific compound it at the right dose for you, for your immune system. So M Y M M U N I T Y myimmunity.com. It's a five minute questionnaire, evidence-based, at the end, you have full control over what you put in or take out of your formula, but we make the strong recommendation. And again, it's at the right dose for you. <laughs> Nothing on the market compares in terms of quality and also what's not in it. It's so super clean because it's just the ingredients that we're compounding with. No flow agents, no binders or fillers or preservatives or allergens. And um, gets to your like it's drop shipped to your door within five to seven business days. So we think that's pretty cool. And obviously, you know, immunity is an evergreen topic. We are never going to stop thinking about it. But most people are relying too heavily on the vaccine or social distancing. My belief is that cellular PPE, which is what my immunity is, cellular protection at the immune system, the level of your inherent immune system is the best protection you could have, bar none. 
Absolutely. Of course. Of course. And we're born with it. And we have to keep it intact. And Bryce. Right. You're going to give them that holistic bitches 30. Don't forget. We're going to put it in the show notes for you guys. And I, I actually, anything Bryce is behind, I, I, I support. Um, he's just great. And he's got the experience under his belt. And you can trust his sourcing and everything that he does. So I really do encourage you to click that link in the show notes. Take advantage of it. But Bryce, I, I have to ask you one thing. Because you've said it to me, and I think the listeners need to hear this. Tell them how you really feel about the blend CBD. <laughs> I love it. There's no question. I, you know, and I've been. You know, it's interesting. These, and we talked offline a few times about these, like isotopes or whatever you want to call them. The, you know, the the singularities within the. You know, I'm I'm all like you are. I'm all about um, you know the complexity and not the uh, single. You know. Uh, distillations of CBG and CBN and um, but no yet the quality of uh, you know the, the product line that you recommend is bar none like it's the best I think I've ever had by the way I gotta be I'm, I gotta be honest I'm embarrassed I gotta refill um, right of, yes you I've do. been out of it for a while I, yeah but I'm <laughs> and I've also you know I've, tr- I've been but I'm not I'm not not taking it I'm just I haven't taken you know your product for a few months because I've been taking companies send me all kinds of stuff right and I gotta say like I'm constantly going through different um, blends, but I'm a huge, huge proponent of not just CBD, by the way, uh, non-hemp, non-marijuana extracted CBD. So uh, like there's a lot in, 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 as you know, in herbal medicine um, that have uh, CBD-like activity, especially specific to the adaptogens, which I believe we all should be taking more of because adapting again to stress and the environment is going to allow for a healthier immune response all the time. And we have an endocannabinoid system, which is designed to receive cannabinoids. So we need to do that. And the blend is by far the best product anybody will find on the market. And that's because of the terpenes and everything that's in there. So thank you for that, Bryce. And thank you for joining us today. And I'm excited to do more podcasts with you because you're fantastic. And I know we'll get such a great response of the importance of the immune system, guys. Take care of it. Do the things. Eat right. Exercise. Sweat. Detox the body. And check out Bryce's product because it's custom and it's for you. So with that, Bryce, thank you so much for coming. And thank you for all your wisdom. You are amazing. Cool. Thank you so much. And I'm so, so thrilled to be uh, in doctor, you know, into the bitches forum. And now I'm Bryce bitch from now on. In <laughs> Forever. This <forum>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Leslie. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye, guys. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered. Love, laughter, what the fuck moments, and so much wisdom. All the best. Thank you for tuning in to the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered podcast. I hope you got what you came for and you're eager to return for future episodes. My one ask is that you hit the subscribe button and if you could be so kind to leave a raving review. Sending you so much love, light, healing, and inspiration to be a better you. Peace out, friends.